0: Welcome to the Word of Life study series, The Pentateuch, as we explore the creation story together. There will be some insights that perhaps you have never known before concerning Genesis 1-1, the time before Adam and Eve ever came on the scene, and the fact that the earth had to be recreated once again, according to 2 Peter 3.13 and Revelation 21.5. The book of Genesis in the Bible means beginning, but God has no beginning and is from the dateless past. So really, the book of Genesis is really talking about humanity's beginning or start on the earth. Dateless Past Before we discuss God's creation, it is vital to realize before there was anything in this physical, material world or the spiritual world, there was God and God alone. According to the scriptures, God alone is eternal. With the exception of God, the material universe and everything else in all creation had a beginning. They were absolutely created, made out of nothing, by the power of Almighty God. Many of the pagan nations of the ancient world had their own creation stories, but in those stories, their gods evolved out of the natural processes connected with the world itself. They believed the material universe was eternal, and it brought forth their gods into being. But Genesis declares that God existed before creation and is in full control of the physical universe. He called the physical world into existence out of nothing by his own spoken word. His power is absolute. He does not have to conform to nature and cannot be threatened by it. God is sovereign and does not have to share his power with other supernatural beings. Since God created the universe out of nothing, it belongs to him and will always serve his purpose. As he shaped creation without any interference from anyone, he will bring creation to its desired end. No power can frustrate God in his purpose to complete the process started in creation and revealed in scripture. So our hope rests in the sovereign power of him who created the world and then recreated us through the new birth by the saving power of his son Jesus Christ. Daniel chapter 7 verse 9. As I looked, thrones were set in place and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was as white as snow The hair on his head was white like wool. His throne was flaming with fire, and its wheels were all ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. Ten thousand times ten thousand stood before him. The court was seated, and the books were opened. Isaiah 46 verse 9 Remember the former things, those of long ago. I am God, and there is none other. I am God, and there is none like me. I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times, what is still to come. I say, my purpose will stand, and I will do all that I please. From the east I summon a bird of prey, and from a far-off land a man to fulfill my purpose. What I have said, that will I bring about. What I planned, that will I do. Psalms 90 verse 2 and chapter 93 verse 2. Before the mountains were born or you brought forth the earth and the world. From everlasting to everlasting, you are God. Your throne was established long ago. You are from all eternity. First 1 Timothy 1.17 Now to the King Eternal, Immortal, Invisible, the only God, be honor and glory forever and ever. Amen. God created the universe through the word of His power. All things are sustained and have their being because of the spoken word of Jesus. We will find throughout the scriptures that God never did anything without saying it first. God is a faith God. His kingdom operates on faith principles. The source of God's power is found in the word of his power. It is through that same word that we will receive his power in our lives to frame our world. As Christians, our only power is found in speaking God's word. Hebrews 1.3 in the Amplified Jesus is the perfect imprint. The very image of God's nature, upholding and maintaining and guiding and propelling the universe by his mighty word of power. Jesus is the express will and the spoken word of God the Father. That is why Scripture says the universe was created from the Father, through the Son, through God's spoken word Jesus. Colossians chapter one verse fifteen and sixteen, Hebrews chapter one verse two. First Corinthians 8, 6, and Romans eleven thirty six. I like what it says in John 1, 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Through Him all things were made. Without Him nothing was made that has been made. In Him was life, and that life was the light of men. God's Word is a living force, for the Word of God is living and active. Well, of course it is. Because the word of God is a person, the second person of the Trinity. Man's words that are originated by himself are empty. But no one deceive you with empty words, according to Ephesians 5.6. And for they mouth empty boastful words, Second 2 Peter 2.18. So if Jesus is full of spirit life, grace and truth, then so are his words. When we take those words and put them into our mouths, they will release those very same substances in our spirit and manifest his glory and provision in our lives. John chapter one verse fourteen and verse sixteen and seventeen. The Word became flesh and lived for a while among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son, who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. From the fullness of His grace, we have all received one blessing after another. For the law was given through Moses, grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. 1 Corinthians 8, six. Yet for us there is but one God, the Father, from whom all things came, and for whom we live. And there is but one Lord, Jesus Christ, through whom all things came, and through whom we live. Colossians 1.16. For by him all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him all things hold together. The first creation, Genesis 1.1. In the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. So what happened between Genesis 1.1 and chapter 1 verse 2? In verse 2 it states, Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. At one point before Genesis 1-1, there was only God the Father, the Word, and the Holy Spirit. No other created beings like angels or anything else ever existed. God's Word is a creative force. God's Word that is conceived in our heart, then formed by the tongue, and spoken out of our own mouths, becomes a spiritual force releasing the ability of god within us the spoken word of god is creative power the kingdom of god responds to faith filled words god never did anything that he didn't say first he said it then he did it the power to do it was in the spoken word when translation of the bible the concordant literal new testament puts luke 137 this way it will not be impossible with god to fulfill his every declaration Hebrews 11.3, By faith we understand that the universe was formed at God's command, so that what is seen was not made out of what was visible. Words are unseen to the five senses, but they are very real. We cannot see electricity, but it has power to bless or destroy. We cannot see atoms, but they are the building blocks of the universe. As human beings, we get so hung up on seeing it first before we believe it, but there are a lot of things we cannot see but we see the effect they have on us and the world we live in. Words are unseen forces that work for faith, like electrons are unseen forces that work for electricity. They are unseen, but very real. They are governed by laws, and they show no favoritism. So according to Hebrews 11.3, the whole universe was created at God's command. In other words, when God spoke his faith-filled words into the empty darkness, the act of creation was released. Just as I shared previously, God never does anything without saying it first. This principle is absolutely essential in the operation of the law of faith. Hebrews 11.3 in the King James Version states, Through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that things which are seen were not made out of things which do appear. Our own personal worlds that we live in is also framed and created by the words we speak. When God looked at the dark, empty expanse of the universe, He did not say what He saw, but what He wanted. Psalms 33 verse 6 and verse 9. By the word of the Lord were the heavens made, their starry host by the breath of His mouth. For He spoke, and it came to be. He commanded, and it stood firm. What God did during the dateless past before Genesis 1-1 is not revealed in Scripture. Deuteronomy twenty-nine twenty-nine. The secret things belong to the Lord our God, but the things revealed belong to us and to our children forever, that we may follow all the words of this law. Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 depicts the creation of angels and the inhabitants of this planet in that age before Adam and Eve. This original creation is referred to as the pre-Adamite world for reference, or simply the world before Adam and Eve. We will cover this in more detail later on. We cannot say exactly how old the earth is because we do not know when the beginning was. God's creation of the heavens and the earth in the beginning as stated in Genesis 1-1 could have been millions and billions of years ago. If geologists can prove the age of the earth to be what they claim, we have no scriptural authority to disagree. They cannot contradict the Bible for it does not reveal any time element in connection with the earth's original creation. This much is certain. According to the scripture, the earth is more than 6,000 years old, and there were inhabitants on the earth before the days of Adam. So let's look at mankind on the earth. Adam was created around 6,000 years ago. The genealogies of Luke chapter 3 verse 23 to 38 describes the godly line from Adam to Jesus. A generation is calculated to be around 40 years, according to Numbers 32.13. So, Matthew 1.17 describes 42 generations from Abraham to Jesus. That would be 1,680 years. Genesis chapter 5 describes the generations from Adam to Noah to be 2,242 years. And from Jesus until now is 2,000 years. So, that's approximately 5,922 years, give or take a year. So this scriptural approach explains why geologists have found fossil records dating so old by carbon dating. These creatures belonged to the pre adamite age millions of years ago. Besides dinosaurs, these fossils depict ape-like Neanderthals with primitive tools that they had used as hunters and gatherers. The Bible does not have a lot to say about what happened between Genesis 1-1 and Genesis 1-2, so we cannot be dogmatic about this. However, we do get glimpses here and there. Job 38 verse 4 Where were you when I laid the earth's foundation? Tell me if you understand. Who marked off its dimensions? Surely you know. Who stretched a measuring line across it? On what were its footings set? Or who laid its cornerstone? While the morning stars sang together and all the angels shouted for joy. So when God created the angelic hosts along with the earth and the universe, Earth at that time was inhabited by a pre-Adamite creation. The fossil records of today are the only descriptions we have of those creatures. Isaiah 45.18 For this is what the Lord says, He who created the heavens. He is God, He who fashioned and made the earth. He founded it, He did not create it to be empty, but formed it to be inhabited. He says, I am the Lord and there is no other. There was an archangel at that time named Lucifer. An archangel is a high-ranking angel. Isaiah 14 verse 12 in the King James Version states, How art thou fallen from heaven, O Lucifer, son of the morning? He had authority given to him upon this earth, a throne over the nations of that time. He had dominion given to him, just as God had given dominion to Adam and Eve in Genesis one twenty-eight. At that time, the pre-Adamite earth was referred to as Eden, the garden of God. The length of this rule under God's authority is unknown, but there were other thrones, dominions, principalities, and powers also in place over other parts of the universe. Just read Colossians one sixteen, For by him, speaking of Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things were created by him and for him. He is before all things, and in him... All things hold together. Ephesians 6, verse 12. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world, and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Apparently, Lucifer, the original ruler of the planet Earth, conceives an idea that he can obtain the cooperation of other angelic beings and dethrone God and become the exalted supreme ruler of the universe himself. A serious pride issue here. 1 Timothy 3, six, He must not be a recent convert, or he may become conceited and fall under the same judgment as the devil. So Lucifer carries out his plans, falls through pride, and forms a rebellion by slander and accusations against the Almighty, causing his own earth kingdom, subjects and one-third of the angels to rebel against him. The earth enters into its first sinful career. The length of the uprising is unknown. Ezekiel 28.12 Speaking of Satan, you were the model of perfection, full of wisdom, and perfect in beauty. You were in Eden, the garden of God. Isaiah 14.12 How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn! You have been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You have said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the mount of assembly, on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. But you are brought down to the grave, to the depths of the pit. Notice that Lucifer had said, I will raise my throne above the stars of God. His throne being on this planet, and the stars of God being other angels. Here we have an account of the original Star Wars. Lucifer's rebellion, along with one-third of the other angelic host, raised arms against God's authority, a feeble attempt to dethrone God in a coup. Revelation 12.4 Speaking of Satan, his tail swept a third of the angels out of the sky and flung them to the earth. Lucifer openly breaks relations with God, leading his rebels from an appointed place of mobilization on this earth into heaven in an attempt to dethrone God. He is met by Michael and the other faithful angels and is defeated. So, of course, this rebellion ended in utter defeat and the result was judgment on this earth and the pre-Adamite creation of that time. So, Lucifer was defeated and hurled back to the earth as fast as lightning flashes to the ground. Luke 10.18 Jesus replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I have given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome all the power of the enemy, and nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that the spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. God destroys Lucifer's kingdom on earth completely by destroying every created thing, inhabitants, and all vegetation. He then turns the earth upside down, so to speak, by the means of a great flood and makes it empty and waste. The length of this pre-Adamite flood on the earth is unknown, but it was devastating. Jeremiah 4.23 I looked at the earth, and it was formless and empty, and at the heavens, and their light was gone. I looked at the mountains, and they were quaking. All the hills were swaying. I looked, and there were no people. Every bird in the sky had flown away. I looked, and the fruitful land was a desert. All its towns lay in ruins before the Lord, before His fierce anger. 2 Peter 3.5 but they deliberately forget that long ago by God's word, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters also the world at that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and the destruction of ungodly men. Let's read Genesis 1-2 again. Now the earth was formless and empty, darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters, after which the earth was recreated. The only time the earth has ever been without form and void was before the six days of Genesis in chapter 1 verse 3 to chapter 2 verse 25, when it was made chaos through the fall of Lucifer and the pre-Adamites. When God brought the first, as far as we know, great universal flood upon the earth to destroy all life, the statement without form and void means desolate and empty. Therefore, we can take Jeremiah chapter four, verse 23 to 26, second Peter chapter three, verse five and seven, and Genesis one, two in the context of referencing a total annihilation of the earth and its inhabitants as it fits the first flood. Now, Noah's flood does not fit this absolute scale of destruction. The purpose of God is showing Jeremiah the total destruction of life on the earth in chapter four, verse 23 to 26, and was to reveal how the land of Judah would be destroyed and to make a comparison between the two times. So the earth was cursed and flooded in Genesis one, two, because of sin, occurring before the six days of recreation in Genesis chapter one, verse three to chapter two, verse 25. Lucifer was already a fallen creature when he came into Adam's garden of Eden having already ruled the earth rebelled and caused the first flood so the word was in genesis chapter 1 verse 2 would be better translated in the hebrew as became so this verse should read now the earth became formless and empty darkness was over the surface of the deep because of rebellion and the resulting judgment Obscuring the sun and the consequent darkness are always the result of judgment. Joel 2.31 The word let, L-A-T, as it pertained to Genesis chapter 1, is used 13 times. 1,464 times is used elsewhere, and in no case is an original creative act implied. The sense of this word is made to appear or be visible expressing permission and purpose in connection with already existing things. The light, expanse, waters, earth, darkness, and all other things mentioned here were already in existence, but they had been thrown into chaos and the laws of nature which previously governed them had been made void. The very purpose of their existence has been annulled because of sin. Now in the restoration to perfection and original usefulness, God merely commands and the sun gives light on this planet, as it had done all through Lucifer's kingdom. In Genesis 1 some translations, like the King James and the American Standard Version, use the word replenish the earth. The same thing is said of Noah after the flood in Genesis 9 1. God did not say, plenish the earth, but to fill it up again. You can't replenish something that hasn't already been plenished. With something that once existed. We cannot be dogmatic about this because there is not enough scripture, but the scriptures apparently gives us a glimpse into the creation before ours. Many biblical scholars believe that millions of years may have elapsed between Genesis chapter 1 verse 1 and Genesis 1 2. Our present creation. Let's look at day 1, day and night in Genesis chapter 1 verse 3. And God said, let there be light and there was light. God saw that the light was good, and he separated the light from the darkness. God called the light day, and the darkness he called night. And there was evening, and there was morning, the first day. Earth's second perfect state and second habitation began with the restoration of day and night. Notice what is being said in Genesis. God said, He created the heavens and the earth with faith-filled words. Did you ever notice that when God said, let there be light, it did not result in something else. Suppose the Bible said, and God said, let there be light, and dry land was formed. If we had read that, we would have been confused as to what was going on. There is a principle here that God wants us to get a hold of. What God said produced exactly what he said. Something else did not happen. So for us, the only way that something else could result is if we change our confession to something else. When God said, let there be light, he did not say after that, light stop. Scientists say that our universe is still expanding at the speed of light and will continue to expand for all eternity. Jesus said it this way in Mark 13.31, heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will never pass away. Those words will never go unfulfilled. Let's look at day two, the sky. In Genesis chapter 1 verse 6. And God said, let there be an expanse between the waters to separate water from water. So God made the expanse and separated the water under the expanse from the water above it. And it was so. God called the expanse sky. And there was evening and there was morning, the second day. It's important to note that originally God had created a canopy that was saturated with water high above the earth, separated by an expanse of sky or air. This created a greenhouse effect that kept out harmful rays from the sun and allowed for conditions that would be lush and green on the whole surface of the Earth. Before Noah's flood, the Earth never experienced rain, but a mist. According to King James Version, the streams came up from the earth to water the whole surface of the ground. Genesis chapter two, verse four. This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. And no shrub of the field had yet appeared on the earth, and no plant of the field had yet sprung up. For the Lord God had not sent rain on the earth, and there was no man to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. Now we come to day 3, the land, seas, and vegetation. Genesis chapter 1 verse 9. And God said, Let the water under the sky be gathered to one place, and let dry ground appear. and there was evening and there was morning the third day. In order for the water to recede so that dry land would be uncovered and exposed, much of it returned to the bowels of the earth from which it originally came when it had assisted in causing the first flood in Lucifer's time. There, underneath the earth's surface, this massive reservoir laid in wait for another global flood to occur in Noah's time. Genesis seven eleven, In the 600th year of Noah's life, On the seventeenth day of the second month, on that day, all the springs of the great deep burst forth. Now there's this principle called the Law of Genesis, which was established by God as a fixed law from the very beginning of creation. This law operates in the spiritual realm as well as the natural. The Law of Genesis is this, everything produces after its own kind, and the seed is in itself. It works this way all the time. It's an absolute law. If we take vegetables, for example, the seed to produce more vegetables is found in the vegetable itself. In the act of creation, God made the vegetable first with seed in it in order to perpetuate it from then on. Therefore, the age-old question of which came first, the chicken or the egg, this is answered by the Bible. The chicken, the carrot, the flower the tree the animal fish and even human beings came first within god's creation was the seed to reproduce itself from then on and forever jesus explained in the parable of the sower that god's word is spiritual seed in luke 8:11 the seed is the word of god the ground that jesus refers to is the human spirit but the seed sown on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart and who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Luke 8.15 From this spiritual principle, we can see that all words are seeds of one kind or another. The words we speak are seeds being sown in the hearts of the hearers. Remember, everything produces after its own kind, and the seed is in itself. The seed of strife is in strife itself. If we get into strife with someone— by speaking strife-filled words, it will create more strife. As stated in the book of Proverbs, starting a quarrel is like breaching a dam, so drop the matter before a dispute breaks out. If we give love, we will reap love. The seed is in itself to produce more. In prior episodes, we talked about words being containers. Since words are spoken out of the abundance of a person's heart, whatever is in their heart will fill their words when they are spoken. Those words will produce more of what we spoke in our lives, and in the lives of others, either good or bad. If someone speaks a curse over us, as a Christian we can counteract those words and destroy them with God's word. Hebrews 4.12 says that God's word is sharper than any double-edged sword. So the way in which God created and ordered our natural world is the way in which the spiritual realm was already operating. The physical realm is established upon natural laws that govern the operation of this physical universe. These are rules and principles of science that mankind is discovering every day in order to harness our natural resources to produce good things for humanity. When a person discovered the law of electricity, it did not mean that the principles of electricity all of a sudden came into being. They were operating since the beginning of creation. In other words, the light bulb, computers, electric appliances could have been invented thousands of years ago. There are still unlimited uses for electricity yet to be discovered. However, discovery does not create the law, but rather harnesses it for particular use. The law of faith has been existence for all eternity past. Through God's word, we will discover its operation and use it in order to harness and produce our inheritance in Christ on the earth, and for our lives as well. For our destiny is to be blessed in order to be a blessing. Now we come to day four, the sun, moon, and stars in Genesis chapter 1 verse 14. And God said, Let there be lights in the expanse of the sky to separate the day from the night, and let them serve as signs to mark seasons and days and years, and let them be lights in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth. And it was so. God made two great lights the greater light to govern the day, and the lesser light to govern the night. He also made the stars. God sent them in the expanse of the sky to give light on the earth, to govern the day and the night, and to separate light from darkness. And God saw that it was good, and it was evening and it was morning, the fourth day. There are trillions of solar systems beyond ours. Distances out there are measured by light years. How far light travels in a year at the rate of 186,324 miles a second, or about 5,800,000,000,000 miles a year, is recognized as one light year. It takes light 400 light years to reach our Earth from the North Star, 700,000 light years for it to reach us from the Great Nebula, the galaxy nearest ours, is 500 million light years for light to reach us from the faintest galaxy seen by our telescopes surely our god is an awesome god day 5 fish and birds genesis chapter 1 verse 20 and god said let the water teem with living creatures and let birds fly above the earth across the expanse of the sky so god created the great creatures of the sea and every living and moving thing with which the water teems according to their kinds, and every winged bird according to its kind. And God saw that it was good. God blessed them and said, Be fruitful, and increase in number, and fill the water in the seas, and let the birds increase on the earth. And there was evening, and there was morning, the fifth day. So again, the age-old question is finally answered, which came first, the chicken or the egg. That's right, the chicken. And the chicken would then produce the egg. Now we come to day six animals, and men. Genesis chapter 1 verse 24. And God said, Let the land produce living creatures according to their kinds, livestock, creatures that move along the ground, and wild animals, each according to their kind. And it was so. God made the wild animals according to their kinds, the livestock according to their kinds, and all the creatures that move along the ground according to their kinds. And God saw that it was good. Then God said, Let us make man in our image, in our likeness, and let them rule over the fish of the sea, and the birds of the air, over the livestock, over the earth, and all the creatures that move along the ground. So in our present day, the question comes, is it about creation or evolution? The theory of evolution is just that, a theory. Yet many educators act as though it is fact. The theory of evolution is that all forms of life derived by gradual modification from earlier and simpler forms, or from one rudimentary form. It teaches a process in which something complex is developed by itself from a simple beginning. It accepts the existence of the cause or causes of the first substance and the force or forces working successive transformations from a lower to a higher form of matter of life. The theory of cosmic evolution claims that from lower units of matter, like atoms and molecules, The vast material suns, moons, stars, planets, and universe was formed by themselves. Organic evolution teaches that the vegetable and animal kingdoms evolved from lower forms of life to what they are today. Evolutionists do not deny the first cause. Their theory begins with matter or substance already in existence, yet they have no explanation of how it got there. Just like the Big Bang Theory, they have no explanation as to what started it. In other words, what got the ball rolling? In this, they are silent and reduced to speculation. But true science rejects the notion that the theory that the hair is but elongated scales of prehistoric animals, the legs of all animals developed from warts on aboriginal amphibians, that eyes are but accidental development of freckles on blind amphibians that responded to the sun, ears They came about by airwaves calling to spots on early reptiles. Man came from monkeys. The vast universe came from a few molecules. Nothing working on nothing, by nothing, through nothing, for nothing, begat everything. I think it takes more faith to believe in that nonsense than to believe in a divine creator. It is the law of nature that nothing reproduces anything greater than itself. The intelligent and innumerable self-producing species of creatures, each with its own eternal and consistent traits, distinct flavors, and infinite combinations of chemicals, can never be the product of unintelligent matter. Each one of the millions of creatures that reproduce their own kind by fixed and eternal laws must be the work of an all-powerful and all-wise creator. The Bible declares that God is the creator of everything Originally made in perfect form and state all at once, everything that was created by God was given the power to reproduce its own kind. No one thing could break this law and produce any other kind. Now, after 6,000 years, the law of reproduction is still unbroken. The sponge is still a sponge and cannot become an oyster or an octopus, a turtle, a frog, a fish, or a crab. None of these have ever reproduced anything but their own kind. No lowly earthworm has ever turned into a spider. Crossing different species has never produced a different kind that is fertile and could produce a new kind. The crossing of a donkey and a mare will produce a mule which cannot reproduce itself. The monkey has never produced a man and the missing link is still missing and always will be. The theory of evolution teaches transmutation. A change in nature, substance, form, and alteration of essence by a slow and gradual process of mutation from one species to another and from lower to higher. This has never been done nor can be done. In nature, we find endless variations with each species or kind, but no change from one species to another. Without a change in species, there can be no evolution. God has made life so that it interbreeds in closely related variations. And when interbreeding is attempted between different kinds of species, it is found that there is an impassable gulf which cannot be crossed. Try crossing a dog with a cat; it doesn't work. God made it that way in genesis one twenty five Understanding creation is the foundation for faith in God, who is the creator of all things. There are many theories, myths, and speculations concerning our origins, but scriptures provides great details into humanity's beginning and a glimpse into the time before ours god bless i highly encourage you to continue listening to the word of life study series podcast and encourage your friends to tune in as well the scriptures encourage us in acts chapter 17 verse 11 to receive the message with great eagerness and to examine the scriptures every day, in order to confirm the truth that you're hearing. God's word is our final authority for all matters that pertain to life and godliness. I'd like to close this episode by praying over you according to Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17. I keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation so that you may know him better. I pray also that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you the riches of his glorious inheritance in the saints, and his incomparable great power for us who believe. That power is like the working of his mighty strength which he exerted in Christ when God raised him from the dead and seated him at his own right hand in the heavenly realms. Far above all rule, authority, power, and dominion, and every title that can be given, not only in this present age, but also in the one to come. And in chapter 2 verse 6. And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Be blessed and see you soon.